0: 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, we're going to find out whether the province gets a stay on their bid to reduce the amount of wards in the city of Toronto. And John Mascarin is joining me now live, a municipal lawyer. And welcome, John. Thank you for being here.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Arlene.
0: All right, John, let me ask you, uh, you know, what happened today? We heard these arguments and then we had the province saying, you know what? We are not going to use the nonwithstanding clause if we get this stay. A lot of people said, you know what? You could have done that in the first place.
1: Yeah how totally inappropriate. They're there to make legal arguments, and they hold out this carrot. The judges aren't supposed to be considering that at all. Um, It was a very bizarre move. Uh, I would have called it completely uncouth to do something like that in the courtroom. Um, You would have thought that the the, uh, announcement would have come sometime beforehand. So I I was... Very surprised when you're trying to make legal arguments. And everyone has to remember, it was the province that has the burden of proof in this. It was their onus to prove that a stay should be granted. So I thought it was a a completely wrong move.
0: What do you say the chances are that this is going to go in the province's favor?
1: Uh, I really don't think it is. Now, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why, and then I'll, I'll say ultimately, I think the province, if they continue on with the appeal, I think they're going to be successful, because I, I do think Justice Belababa's decision isn't correct. But today, the whole the question was, should a stay be granted? Should, that means a suspension of Justice Belababa's decision. And the province had the burden of proof. They had to prove... Uh, uh, the, the test for an injunction, which is a three-pronged test. They have to prove that there's a serious issue to be tried. I don't think that's a question. I think that's okay. But secondly, they had to uh, argue that uh, the province would suffer irreparable harm. That means harm that can't be somehow displaced or, or recompensed through damages or something else and i 'm finding that argument very hard to to follow because I would have thought that the city of Toronto and the other applicants, the candidates and the electors would have been in a much better position to argue that they 're going to have suffer um, irreparable harm so
0: but if they passed yeah, it was that, a bit of a twist wasn 't it
1: yeah, it really was, but remember see that 's why I said at the beginning it was the province 's onus to discharge and so and then, the third test, Arlene is so if you come out with those two, mm-hmm. the the court will still then look at well what 's the balance of convenience? which of the parties is going to be harmed more or less by what happens, and I still think that comes out in favor of the city, not mm-hmm. the province and and in general, the courts will will try to maintain the status quo. Well, what is the status quo? It's vacillated back and forth here, but the status quo today is that the 47 ward system is in place because of Justice Balababa's decision. So I think tomorrow morning the three justices, uh, Justice Hoyt, Trotter, and Sharp are going to come in, and I think they're going to say, no, stay granted.
0: And then... Voila! Out comes the notwithstanding clause. There
1: you go. So either way, the province, I think, is going to win out in this. They, it may look bad, but they're going to then pull the, the card from the, you know, up their sleeve, which is Bill 31, the notwithstanding clause, and really no, I think, real ability to challenge that.
0: So there is. So this is just a little bit of theater here. Let's face it from what we've just gone through it and the provinces is going to get their way. What are you watching for, though? Is there anything that could happen in this in this decision and even the process of it that you think might change things?
1: I don't think so. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think the decision can do more than w- what the jurisdiction is. See, the province has appealed it, and I think, I think they had to. People uh, kept asking me, Ar- Arlene, well, why did they appeal it if they have Bill 31 with the notwithstanding clause? Mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, Premier Ford really took a misstep. He came out when he, in his press conference on the day that the decision came out, and he said, you know, I have respect for the judge, and then everything he said after that showed that he didn't respect the judge, right? <laughs> well, that he, he wasn't
0: respect... going to put his faith into it anyway. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I, I think I think the province had to show that uh, it, it respected the judiciary and our judicial system, and so it had to go through with this. And many people also asked me, D- didn't the province have to exhaust all, all legal remedies or rights or avenues of appeal? No, they didn't. They just could have passed the legislation. But I think this is at least part way to that, The other thing is, I think the province, if if the fact the appeal goes ahead, I think they're going to be successful. And so at least there will be some vindication there and whatever disrespect may have been shown um, uh, by by Premier Ford, he, he can come out at least say, I was right. Okay, I, maybe I shouldn't have spoken like that, but I was right about it. So, I, um, of course, that's way down the road. Uh, the appeal won't be heard that quickly, and I think that's why Bill 31 will come into play on Thursday.
0: It is. Well, what do you make of this as a municipal lawyer? You know, we spoke before we got into the all these other aspects of it, but it truly is amazing.
1: It really is. So, Arlene, the, the thing that, that I think gets, gets uh, a lot of municipalities, and you see Tory has uh, Mayor Tory has riled up a lot of other municipal support from other mayors, is because for the last 25 years, uh, municipalities have been gaining great, greater powers, more autonomy, more uh, authority, and, and have been thought of by, by uh, the provincial legislators as mature levels of government. Um, This is going back to 1994 in in a a decision from the Supreme Court of Canada uh, that was dissented by Madam Justice McLaughlin, who was our Chief Justice, who said, you know, we we have to rail against the pro-interventionist approach. Municipalities should be treated as mature governments. And then after that, Uh, all of the jurisdictions in Canada started passing legislation that gave more powers to municipalities. And I think seeing something like this, and, you know, with uh, the moniker, you know, uh, municipalities are just creatures of the province, it sort of seeks to retrench all of those powers that municipalities have gotten over the last 25 years. So I I find this fascinating because I've been, uh, that's, pretty much as long as I've been a lawyer. So I've been watching this this movement. And every year, municipalities seem to get greater powers. And all of a sudden, now you have the largest province really, you know, uh, stepping on the throat of the city of Toronto and saying, no, no you are my, my my poor stepchild here, and uh, I'm going to treat you the way I want to treat you.
0: And you know, it's amazing, and how does this tie in? Uh, you know, the Ford brothers, when Rob Ford was mayor, they were pretty adamant, and Doug was the one who did a lot of talking about it, because I guess it looked a little bit of a power grab from Rob Ford, saying, you know, we need a stronger uh, mayor yes. in the city of Toronto with more powers. Now, yeah. The mayor has already been given more powers over the last, I believe, when David Miller was mayor. But, John, how do you put these two things together, a more powerful mayor and what the premier is doing
1: well, uh, yeah, uh, the, the premier you, you, you can see who really gets the call to shots here, because again, constitutionally, the province can do it, and uh, say what you will about the terrible timing of this and, and, and all of that in the middle of an election I, I I understand all that, but constitutionally, the province is allowed to do this, but it's like um, it's like your your boss being allowed to to tell you to do certain things, and there's one way of doing it, and there's the other way, which is you're working this weekend. Oh, and by the way, you're working next weekend and then the weekend after that. You know, there's, there's, there's certain ways of, of of approaching things, and here you can see the power imbalance coming out very clearly, and I think City of Toronto and John Tory is coming out on the short end.
0: So your prediction, if you're a betting guy, John, is yep. tomorrow at 10 a.m. There isn't going to be a stay, but there, here we go. There, there is a backup plan by the province. They're going to get their way in the few yep. days, because how long will it take before the notwithstanding clause takes effect? You know, um, is there anything that could happen in that time?
1: Well, that's, that's it. So, you're, so I'm going to go for the trifecta here. All right. So tomorrow <laughs> I think the court's going to come back and say, mm-hmm. no, stay granted. They're going to deny it. Uh, yeah. Thursday, uh, the province will then follow through and pass Bill 31. So here, here's the third point. Will the lieutenant governor actually give royal assent to it? Um, I think she will. But there's all the constitutionally section 90 of the Constitution Act has a reservation. The lieutenant governor doesn't have to do that, and so it could be held up uh, and suspended. But I don't think that's going to happen.
0: It is. It's just incredible. So anything life changing, there is a chance we talked about on our panel earlier, on that this day may be something that just comes up in trivia about the province in the beginning of Doug Ford's reign as premier. We may just forget it, John.
1: Uh, We may, uh, but I'll, I'll keep teaching it in my law school class.
0: It's got you something to freshen up anyway, doesn't it? That's right. John Mascarin, thank you for your time and your expertise. We really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: John Mascarin is a municipal lawyer as we get him to weigh in on this decision that's coming out of town. And there we go. One more. Here's the takeaways. John believes that there is not going to be a stay granted. I'm Arlene Bynum for Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.